grow in knowledge and spiritual wisdom, the Bible calls in some places. Uh, when, we, when we learn a truth about God, when we learn a truth about God, that, that that truth is what sets us free. The Bible point blank says it's the truth that sets us free. And, and what it's really setting us free from is untruth. So whatever you believe in your mind is how you're going to live out your life. What's up, guys? Welcome back to part three of our conversation on the rest of God, the Sabbath rest, God's rest, entering into God's rest in this life. Um, this is the last episode in this conversation of God's rest and learning how to truly live in it and take advantage of that. That's been here. It's part of the promises of God. Um, and I want to make sure you know up front, this is definitely not all of these are like this, but this is definitely one of those mini series where you've got to go back. It's going to be difficult to really grasp it and start on message three. You got to go back. They're in a playlist on YouTube. They're right in order on the uh, Spotify podcast and Apple podcast, whatever you're listening and watching on. You need to go back. You need to listen to part one and part two before listening to this one. Uh, but I want to give you a quick reminder. Um, and just in case you want to listen to it anyway, I'll do my best to give it to you. But before I do that, I want you guys to know that this means a lot to me that you guys take advantage of this and that you guys take part in this. And my hope and prayer is that everything that we put out uh, is adding value to your life. We're doing this for you. We literally work so hard in preparation for this and the media team and everything. And we do it all at no cost to you because we just want, we love you and we want to see you grow in Christ. We want to see your faith expand and we want to add value to that and be a part of that process in your life. And so the only thing we ever ask of you is that if, if God does use us in your life in anything, you learn anything, God adds value in any way. Give God the opportunity to add value to somebody else. Share it. Tell somebody about it. Copy the link. Send it to the house church. Send it to your small group. Go through it with your family. Send it to your kids. They're off in college. Send it to people. Uh, share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Uh, put it on your stories. Give a testimony about it. Comment. Review it. Let God uh, use you uh, in this and expand this and expand, expand this platform uh, so that we can continue to add value to as many people as God sees fit. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for helping us in this. I want to go ahead and jump into part three of God's rest. So I, I need you to understand the, the truth of this. All of this really is going to come down to this, this message in, in part three. And what I mean by that is the reality of being able to live in the rest of God comes back to one simple thing. Uh, and, and that is going to be that inside of our minds, we simply do not know how to rest in God. Because in our minds, there's what the Bible says is strongholds, mental strongholds that, that lift itself up against the knowledge of God. And so I, I want to I wanna just put that in your head, that the, the rest of God is a promise that was completed in Jesus. And the rest exists, the Sabbath rest and the rest in God exists in general. In the same way that God created the world in six days, he, he didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired. He rested because he was done. He rested because the work was complete. There was nothing else to do. In the same way, the rest in our relationship with Christ is done because the saving work was finished on the cross. Jesus finished everything there was to finish. And so now he rested from his works because it was all accomplished in his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. In the same way, when we put our faith in Jesus, 
we can rest from our works because the salvation works are accomplished. And now we can learn to rest in God. And, and that's the promise. And that's the promise. That we ha- it's possible. And the promise is there. And we can enter into it. In fact, we do enter into it in our salvation. But the Bible says that we have to make every effort to truly enter in and live in it and take advantage of it because it's, it's our, in our nature to not trust God. It's in our nature to not trust that he'll really provide. So we feel like we have to go out and provide. Therefore, we can't rest in him. We feel like, you know, God said he's going to lead us, but we really need to lead ourselves. We really need to make our own decisions. We really need to be in control. We, 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 we really know what's best for us, our lives, and our families. And so we can't rest in the fact that God's leading us and that he's our shepherd. We can't really rest that God will be our protector. And so we feel like we have to fight our battles and we have to kind of stay on guard and we have to kind of, you know, be anxious about this and be aware of things and control and work and have effort in this way. And we don't get to rest in knowing that God is actually the one who fights our battles and it, vengeance is his. And, and you go through every realm of life and all of scripture, you see this reality that it's going a lack of rest in our life is really going to come down to this one thing. Any area we don't trust God in is an area we're never going to be able to rest in until we do. You need to write that down. That's, that's, a, that's a killer statement that you just need to continually remind yourself of. Just up front, here and here. Any area of your life that you don't trust God in, you're never going to be able to rest in that area of your life. And so that's it. you have to make that effort to learn to trust God in those areas and surrender and let go and just let God rule and be the king that he wants to be, be the father that he wants to be in your life. And that was what the second session was really all about, you know, making every effort to learn how to rest in this, you know, not being Martha, you know, in our lives, being Mary. We could be busy, but we don't have to be. We have one, one effort, one in, all of our energy needs to go towards resting and learning how to trust God and living this life with God, allowing Christ to be the king of our lives. But now to the third part, to the issue, to the big issue. It's, it's far more difficult to trust God in areas that we don't really know God's full truth in. And so the Bible paints this picture in, in many places, especially in the New Testament, many places uh, through the letters of Paul and, and Peter, um, even in, in the, the book of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, um, all throughout, obviously, the Gospels, they begin to paint this picture that it is the knowledge of God. It's the knowledge of God that really begins to set us free from these things in our lives. It's, it's, it's that when we grow in knowledge and spiritual wisdom, the Bible calls in some places, uh, when, we, when we learn a truth about God, when we learn a truth about God, that that, that truth is what sets us free. The Bible point blank says it's the truth that sets us free. And, and what it's really setting us free from is untruth. So whatever you believe in your mind is how you're going to live out your life. Um, and so if you believe that, that you, you won't be provided for if you don't work, if you believe that, then you're not going to be able to trust God because you believe fundamentally God's not going to provide. I have to go out and work. I have to provide. And so God will never be your provider. Therefore, you won't trust God. But when you get to that knowledge and you really gain that knowledge that God says, I will literally, truly provide for you in every area of your life. And when you really get that knowledge and you really believe that, that knowledge will then tear down that that stronghold or tear down that lie in your mind. And you'll be able to trust God in that area and go down. And so I'll, I want to kind of I want to set that up to get to this main scripture because I'm about to read a scripture to you that many of you right here and right now, many of you do not realize 
that this set of scriptures I'm about to read is in the context of God's rest. Because I'm 34 now. I've been following Christ since I'm 17 years old, 16 years old. I've been preaching since I was 17 years old. I've been in full-time ministry since I was 24, for so for 10 years. And in all of my life, and in all of my ministry, and in all of the times that I've studied and read, I have never one time heard anyone teach or preach the scripture that I'm about to read to you in the context at which God actually delivers it. And that context is in the Sabbath rest. That context is in learning how to rest in God. I'm telling you, I've listened to a lot of sermons. I've read a lot of books. I've done a ton of studying. I've gone to school. I've been a part of this stuff. And I have never not, well, I'm not saying it's not there. I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm just saying that I'm pretty avid and I'm pretty in the know and I'm, I'm, I'm proactive in learning and studying God over the last 15 years, 16 years of my life. And I have never one time seen a single message or, or, or scripture or, or teaching or small group Bible study or anything on this set of scriptures in its actual context. Not one time. Doesn't mean that it's all not true. Doesn't mean that those, they're not adding value. It just means that I've never heard verse Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 preached in the context of God's rest in which it is given in this context. In fact, it is given as a reason or as a, as a tool, as a truth to understand and live out God's rest. So I want to make a big deal, as big a deal as I can make of this, because it is, because you're going to recognize this. If you've been around church for any amount of time, if you've been a believer for any amount of time, you've got any kind of relationship with God's word, you've heard this scripture taught, you've read it yourself, you've gone through it yourself, and I'm telling you, for most of you, you've never, ever, ever heard someone teach you this from the realm of context at which it's given, and that is in the Sabbath rest of God. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to who we must give account. Okay, so this is a scripture that is used and taught a bunch. Never, hardly ever, I've never heard it taught in the context that it's actually given in the idea of rest and in God's rest. So this is the scripture. I want to read it again, but I want to read it right through where we left off. Hebrews 11, 411, where we left off from part two. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Verse 11 is talking about making every effort to enter into the rest of God. That's what we talked about through the whole part two of this series. Make every effort into the rest of God. Verse 12, the word of God is living and active. So there's no separation. He says, make every effort to enter into the rest of God so you don't fall through the same act of disobedience that the people of Israel did. In the very next scripture, he points out the power of the word of God. The word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even to dividing your soul and your spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart and of your mind. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. So I want to I take a second. I want to make sure that you understand this connection. 
So yeah, we all know you've heard it. The God's word, it's living and it's active and it divides soul and spirit. It, it, it gets into the depths of your soul, but he's teaching this in the context of God's rest. He's on the back of make every effort to enter God's rest. So this is the, this is the part where I, I really want to get to because this is, this is the reality of how you will be able to truly live in God's rest in this life. And that is this. God's rest is only truly possible when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you enter it, to be able to live in it, to be able to truly walk in it, to be able to truly get there and be merry in this life, resting at the feet of Jesus and not Martha constantly busy doing all these other things. The only way that you'll be able to get there is by allowing God's word to do a work in your life. Okay, You will never be able to rest in this life if you don't allow God's word to do a work in your life. And I want to, I want to say two or three things. The battleground here is in your mind. The enemy is strongholds of thought that is in your mind. You have thoughts in your minds that are inaccurate, that are not right, that are not truthful. Sometimes they're wicked. Sometimes they're evil. Sometimes they were planted there by just somebody else in life and culture. Sometimes they were planted there by the enemy. Sometimes they were planted there by yourself. Sometimes they were planted there by God. But there are thoughts and attitudes in your heart. There are strongholds in your heart and in your mind. It's these strongholds that control the way you actually live. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, in Ephesians 6, that the Holy Spirit has a sword, and that sword is the Word of God, the living and active Word of God. In Revelations 1, it gives an image of Jesus Christ. There was an image Jesus wanted us to have of Him. Uh, all of history to see Jesus. And it says that he tells John to write down, and he turned around, John, Jesus is standing there among the church, holding the leaders in his hands, and he's got a sword coming out of his mouth, a double-edged sword, the same language that's, that is, is here in Hebrews 4. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Jesus wants you to know, I'm building the church, I'm managing the church with the double-edged sword, with the Word of God. The Word of God is the weapon that the Holy Spirit uses to tear down the strongholds in your mind, to tear down this. It's dividing your soul and your spirit. It's going to get down because there is a difference in your soul and your psyche, all right, who you are, your mentality, what the world has made you to be versus your spirit, which is the God part of you that was raised to life in Christ. Okay, there's three parts of your body. There's your bios, your body, your physical flesh. There's your soul or your psyche, right? That's your mind. That's what makes you, you. Okay, there's only one you. We all have a spirit. We all have a physical body. Uh, and we all have a psyche or a soul. And that soul is what makes you, is what makes me different from you. It's your identity, really. And he says the word of God is going to divide even between the soul, the psyche, the, the, the deepest part of who you are and your spirit. It's going to make a division point there. It's going to uncover. It's going to judge the thoughts of your soul. It's going to judge the thoughts of your heart, the attitudes of your mind. It's going to judge them. That means that it's going to come in. It's going to make a decision on them. That's what judgment means. So this is the, I want to just, I'm just going to kind of go and you just hold on best you can. Literally, this is what the, the work of God in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life is taking the word of God and he's cutting to the depths of your soul. He's separating your soul from your spirit, just like bone and marrow. He's getting into the depths. He's living and he's active and he's judging your thoughts. He's making a decision on your thoughts and he's making a decision on your attitudes. And he's saying what is right and what is good and what is best and what is not. 
and then the Holy Spirit is going to cut those things out of your life with the Word of God. He's going he's to get into your soul. He's going to get into those things in your heart and in your mind, the things that you believe that aren't right, the strongholds that are lifting themselves up against the knowledge of God. Sometimes they take the form of addiction. They take the form of, 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 of personality. We, we might call them personality traits, you know, a thought process of, you know, I, I have to live for the, the attention of other people. I have to have the attention of other people in my life. That comes from a stronghold and a thought process. The Holy Spirit's going to take the word of God and he's going to get in there and he's going to judge that. He's going to say, this is not right. This is not good. This is not of God. And he's going to start to tear it down. The Bible says that we have divine weapons. They're not weapons of, of, of flesh and blood. They're divine spiritual weapons that will tear down these strongholds. So the Holy Spirit will take God's word in your life and it will go to you. And I just want to use the example I just made that I have to live for the attention of others, that my worth is connected to people liking me. Do you understand how stressful and how busy and how wasteful of a life you will live if you're living for the thoughts of other people? How, how much you will never be able to rest. You'll, you'll never stop worrying. You'll be glued to your social media. You'll be glued to every conversation. What does that person think of me? Or do they like me? Or what do you think they said to me? What do they think about that? Your life will be filled with insecurities. You'll be constantly worried about, you'll be, you'll be double stepping. You won't have any courage to live for Christ because you'll be overwhelmed by what other people are thinking and saying about you. You'll be a people pleaser. You'll say yes, 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 yes. And it'll destroy your life. You won't be able to have any real friends because real friends only exist in your life. If you have the power to say no to them so you you have all these are just all this is from one one singular very common stronghold one singular very common thought in our heart and in our mind and attitude in our heart and mind is 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 my worth or my value i i need to live uh, in a way that people will like me i need to know that people know me and that they like me and that they're okay with me and so i'm going to live in a way that that makes them like me and i want to make sure that everything's okay with it and so it's a constant life of work and stress and insecurity and the Holy Spirit's going to take the word of God. It's going to pierce like a double-edged sword all the way, dividing soul and spirit. It's going to call that out in you. And it's going to begin to expose that to you in a way that only the Holy Spirit can. I could never, listen, this is the part where we just got to, we got to trust the Bible. We got to trust faith. I could never, and nobody could ever, Oprah couldn't ever, a preacher couldn't ever, man saved, unsaved. Nope, nobody could ever expose and convince you of this and then tear it down except for the Holy Spirit through God's word. That's it. That's it. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can do that. So th this is the thing I need you to understand. So I'll take one more thought. You know, I need money to be able to live. More money means a better life. Such a common, such a common thought process. I need to live my life. I need to work more money. I need to work more hours. I need to get the best job. I need to do good in school. I need to make sure I need, everything in my life is based about getting a higher salary, a higher income. I need that because more income and more salary means a better life, an easier life, and, and I need to provide. And so you, this is a un, very unhealthy, borderline evil thought process. Uh, it, it, it could be unhealthy just in the form that you're trusting it. It could be sinful in the form that you're worshiping it. Uh, it could be sinful, wicked in the form of greed, but it's all a singular thought process. This, this triggers and, and holds so many people hostage in this life. You know, I've got to work. I've got to work a job I hate. I've got to spend my 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s all the way to retirement going through and working every single day, working a miserable job that I hate and disgust, but it pays well and I need to do this and that's what life's about. People do this. They waste their life day in and day out. The Holy Spirit will take the Word of God. It will pierce that. It will expose that. It will tear it down over time and it will replace it and build up the true knowledge of God in your life that will give you the power and the ability to truly rest in him. So you go through every area of your life. I could keep going. I, there's, there's an 
unlimited amount of bad, unhealthy thought processes, attitudes of our hearts, strongholds in our minds. And the thing I need you to understand this, there's three things and you write all these down. One, you have strongholds in your mind. You have strongholds in your mind. Until God perfects you, there are strongholds in your mind. You have unhealthy thoughts built up in here, truths that are really lies that you think are truth built up in here. You have them. You have them. You have them. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you my life. I did not, I was not aware of all of the ones that I had in my life when I was saved. Walking and living, part of the sanctification process, part of the transformation process, part of the renewing of our minds, Romans 12:1 says, is this process of exposing and tearing down those strongholds in our mind, dividing soul and spirit, speaking to us. It will happen, and the more that he does, then he'll be, there are things that you, you don't even realize are even there until he deals with some of this other stuff, and then once you deal with this stuff, then you move on, and then he'll expose more, and he'll expose more. To this very day, even to this very year, I'm 34. I've been walking with God since I was 16. I've been preaching full-time ministry since I was 17 or full-time ministry since I was 24. And I'm telling you, in this very year, in the last two months, God has exposed strongholds in my life and started to tear them down. This is a never-ending process. And this is how God changes us and changes our minds and renews our minds and allows us to be able to live and truly live in rest. So this is part of the effort. We have to understand that. So that's number one. You have them. Number two, it's a never ending process. It's never going to stop. I've watched people. I'm not going to call any names out. I don't want to embarrass them. I'm, I'm, I'm at a place where I can be honest about it, but I've, I've watched people who truly in their fifties and sixties, they truly thought that they got to a place where it's just all done. It's all over. And as soon as it come out of their mouth, I heard it with my own ears. As soon as it come out of their mouth, then they entered into a season of hell on earth and God exposed and ripped down another stronghold. So this is a never ending process. This was a never ending process. We saw this all the way up in Moses's life. We saw this in David's life. We see this uh, in through the new Testament. We see that even Peter had strongholds that the Holy spirit used God's word through Paul to rebuke him and tear down in the new Testament. Peter, Peter, the, the disciple, the one who preached the first message of Jesus Christ. It's a never-ending process. Until you're perfected, there are strongholds in your mind that God is going to expose and tear down. And he does that through the Spirit of God and his living, his active word. Okay. And number three, enjoy the process because it's amazing. I need you to understand that you've got to get to a place to where you're enjoying the process. And what I mean by enjoying the process is you're enjoying the Holy Spirit taking this word and ripping into your heart and mind and soul, judging your, your thoughts and your attitudes, ripping down those strongholds and building back, them back up with the knowledge of God. It's difficult at times, very difficult sometimes. But at this stage in my life and where I am with Christ, I am excited when God begins to expose something. It, it, it is difficult. Sometimes they're more difficult than others. You know, the more blindsided you are by them, the, the more difficult they seem to be for our, you know, humility sense and pride sense and just walking through stuff. But I'm telling you, this is a beautiful journey because right on the other side of every stronghold that he tears down, there's more rest and there's more peace. So this is the, this is the truth. And I'm, I'm going to finish this conversation, this three-part series with this. When, when God said, you know, in Hebrews 4, it talks about him making an oath that they're not going to enter my rest. That was talking about the first generation out of Israel 
and they did not trust God to go in. God told them, you enter into the promised land and I'll give you my rest. And I will slowly, piece by piece, I will take down the enemies. I'll take down the enemy walls. I'll destroy the enemy armies. And I will give you section by section by section of the promised land until it is completely yours and you're in full rest. That was the original promise of rest to the people of Israel, that they would enter into the promised land. And literally God says, I'm going to do it slowly over time. I'm going to tear down a stronghold and you'll have rest. And I'm going to tear down another one and you'll have more. I'm going to tear down another one and you'll have more. That is the journey of our life. That is why the Holy Spirit takes these two things and meshes them so closely together. Because that, that promise uh, of, of rest in the promised land is the same attitude and promise of rest here. If we will trust God and enter into a relationship with Him and begin to trust Him, He will slowly, piece by piece, tear down strongholds. And he'll give us rest and peace. He'll tear down more strongholds and give us rest and peace. And eventually in this life, we'll be able to just live in rest and in peace. And I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than that. There's nothing more powerful than that. You are a Christian. You're a believer. You're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. You're saved by his finished work on the cross. So do make every effort. But as Christ rests from his work because he's finished, we have to learn how to rest from our works and rest in his finished life of rest. Let the Holy Spirit tear down these strongholds with his living and his active word. You've got to get in the word. You've got to get in the scriptures and ask God, pray every day, God, expose strongholds and tear them down. I want that rest. Tear down those wrong thoughts. Let the knowledge of the spiritual wisdom build me up. Let the knowledge build me up. I want it, Father. Do this work in my life. Surrender to it. Get in your word every day. And I can promise you, the first time you really walk in this and you get, you get some time in God's rest, you're going to spend the rest of your life fighting for it because it's that amazing. I promise you. I hope that this series has been uh, helpful. I hope that it's been spiritually powerful. I hope that it's added value. Um, if it has, share it. This is one that's deeper and it's deeply spiritual. Don't just listen to these once. Listen to them over and over and over again. And let the Holy Spirit teach you something new each time. Love you guys with all of my heart. I'll see you next time.